This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. On April 13th, the city of Chattanooga will be holding a runoff election for mayor, as well as city council seats in District 2 and District 5. Early voting has already started and will run through April 8th. Due to scheduling conflicts, I was not able to interview Isaiah Hester before the general election, but I was able to sit down with him recently to discuss his campaign as he heads into the District 5 runoff against Dennis Clark. Isaiah Hester is running for city council in District 5. And Isaiah, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and the district that you're running in, that would be great. Uh, first, I want to thank you for allowing me to be here with you. Um, of course. Doing this interview. Thanks again, uh, Nathan. Um, my name is Isaiah Hester. I'm a fourth generation minister. I've been married to Patrice Hester for 26 years. I've been, I've lived in uh, Highway 58 area about 30 years. I've lived in my home here about 26 years, as long as I've been married. Uh, I have a servant's heart. I want to be the voice for the people. I'm a fighter, I'm an advocate for those in my area. I've been the Neighborhood Association Vice President for four terms. And I want to make a difference in our community. I have a I love and admiration for, uh, I guess, for, for my community. And I want to make a difference here in um, District 5. Great. So if you could just spend some time kind of going for, through your, your overall vision, kind of your 30-second campaign elevator speech for... <laughs> You know, what do you want to do in this district and what do you want to do for the city as a whole? Okay. Uh, one of the things I noticed that in District 5, there are failing schools in District 5. And I think we should address that in the early stages. So I'm an advocate for early childhood development education. And in, in saying it, I believe that... Um, I don't think I can do this in uh, 30 seconds, but but I'll try. But with early childhood development, I, I believe that those are making $75,000 or less, four kids or less, we should subsidize their child care for them. That's one of the biggest expense for most folks, child care. That would definitely put us in the right direction as far as uh, putting a stop to the pipeline from school to prison. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm a small business owner. I've been a small business owner for about 18 years. And I want to help all those who want to become small business owners in their pursuit. I want to fight for $15 an hour benefit for city workers because as I canvass District 5 and talk to folks in the city, those guys are working two and three jobs just to make ends meet. So, so I'm going to fight for $15 an hour in benefit for city workers. Public safety. I feel that everybody should feel safe and secure in their neighborhoods, in their homes. So that's just a few things I, I, I want to tell you about. Great. Well, I want to I want to jump into some kind of specific questions. Mostly these first few are going to be about the budget. 
Um, so the mayor leads the budget writing process. And in its current form, this process takes more than six months for preparation. There's several public input meetings. Uh, and then, you know, it's presented to the city council in June and the city council has the right to amend or even reject the mayor's budget proposal. Now in the past, it seems like the council has been reluctant to really make changes to the budget. Uh, it doesn't seem like they've had enough time to review it in a lot of cases. Uh, do you think the city council should exercise their authority more over that budget process? Or do you think we should defer to the system that's in place? I mean, it's in the charter. This is how the budget is written. Uh, you know, how do you think we should handle that situation? I think in, in my opinion, if I become the city council, I'm gonna be the new city council on the block per se. I think we should amend or reject the project, projected budget. We must exercise our right on the council to examine the budget. That's one thing we should examine the budget and one way to ensure that the right dollars make it to the people who need them, we got to uh, examine. District five, they, they want me to fight for them. And I think we should have a shared piece of that pie. The only way to trim down the budget is to cut either operational expenses or to cut uh, certain funds, certain organizations that support the work of the city. At this point, I would I would fully examine the, the budget. And the uh, old adage is that we can do more with less. So definitely, I would uh, re-examine and reject the budget until it makes sense for District 5, makes sense for the city at large. Mm -hmm. Answer his question in a nutshell. I reject it. And that brings us into another question. Uh, a lot of my listeners, their kind of first interaction with the city budget was this past summer during the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, a lot of people, over 200 people, showed up at a city council meeting to express their opinion on the fact that uh, about $70 million in a 240 or $270 million budget was being spent on the police department. There are a lot of suggestions on how to improve our police department, either give them more funding for increased training, better recruiting, things like that, or divest and reinvest, take money from the police and, and put it to other kind of upstream crime prevention programs. Uh, what is your take on the issue of policing in the city of Chattanooga? How do you think we can improve policing and make sure that all of our citizens feel safe? That's a great question. That's the million dollar question. Uh, I think one thing, I think every citizen of Chattanooga should feel safe and secure in their neighborhoods, in their, in their homes. One thing I uh, say, we should take the illegal guns off the street. And to re-examine uh, certain things as far as policing, I, I, I would say that, um, I, I did my homework on the city of Chattanooga and 23%, we're the 23rd most dangerous city in America, 23rd. And, and over 60% of all the crimes are, are unsolved. So my wife worked in the healthcare field and she noted that when, when the police have a 911 call to somebody who's uh, mentally challenged, you have to bring them to the hospital and sometimes those guys are there for three days and the police officers have to be there with them for, for uh, three days. They rotate the police off. But I think if, if we could use folks from the 
from um, social workers or mental health workers, and they're with the uh, police, then then the police could be out there solving some of the um, crime. Also, I believe in community policing. There was a time when the police officer knew the uh, little kid at the center. They knew the old lady at the um, grocery store. So, so I think um, nothing we should do is diversity and inclusion as far as our, and training is definitely needed. And if we, if, if we train them from, from this perspective, train them as peace officers, first to keep the peace, then uh, if it escalate, uh, then we have to do what we have to do to secure the environment. One thing I, um, I commend uh, Chief Roddy for uh, the eight can't wait, hashtag eight can't wait. He, he, he's got an illegal, he has illegal certain chokeholds. That, that's a right step. And uh, community policing, like I said, is, is one way we can do it too. But uh, to answer your question is that we could divert funds as far as uh, using so, social workers, using uh, mental health workers, and I guess uh, the training make it uh, more more diverse, diversified in, in the training too. Yeah. So I might want to move on to, to the next issue. Chattanooga has been hit very hard by COVID in the past few months. We're kind of seeing the downturn. We're seeing the vaccines start to take effect. As you said, you had yours this morning. That's great. Um, hopefully things are going to start getting under control as far as public health is concerned. But there is a lot of economic impact on the horizon as uh, eviction moratoriums start to run out. Small businesses have really been struggling to keep afloat this, you know, this past year. And so I'm wondering, what do you think the city council can do to mitigate those more long-term economic impacts of COVID-19? Uh, first, first, always, um, I guess we should uh, do a, first do a analysis on on the impact of it as as a small business owner i understand the impact but i've known i've known a lot of folks who have been impacted by the uh covid who either lost their business or had to had to share their um business with, with uh other folks i think one way to ensure that that those dollars make the people who need them most to create small business grant programs where uh, those who are hardest hit have an opportunity to build back and recover and grow. We must be bold enough as far as this recovery to ensure that we grow our local economy from the middle out. This would include all of us, not just big business. So we grow it that way. I think that's the way we should do it as far as when we look at it from the uh, city government mm -hmm. angle. And then part of kind of a, a, a downstream issue of COVID-19, again, as these eviction moratoriums start to end, uh, you know, this is already an issue in Chattanooga, but homelessness has a, a real potential to kind of spiral after COVID. And so I'm wondering, do you have a plan to address homelessness in the city? What do you think the city council can do to improve the services we already have and, and what new services do you think are needed? Um, uh, first, uh so it's a, it is a increasing dire situation as far as homeless. And my heart goes out to all those people who, who, who have been affected by COVID, who have become homeless. 
uh, one thing we can invoke, uh, I guess, mental, the mental health uh, arena. We could uh, invoke uh, Chattanooga Housing Authority too. So those who, who want to be housed, and we, we can vote uh, see how uh, CNE plays in it as far as affordable housing, how we can uh, relocate them, job training too. Say if, say if we got them a home, a place to stay, a job, then that's going to be impactful for the city as far as bringing tax revenues in too. It's going to be impactful for the city and also for that individual, he or her would be uh, more productive in the city. And uh, you know, if, as far as their well-being, from I think, will we'll, they would be better as a productive citizen of Chattanooga. That's that's what we want to do: build back better, stronger families, and stronger communities. We'll we'll do it that way to answer the homeless uh, problem. Mm -hmm. Great. So I want to I want to switch gears a little bit and tackle something a little bit lighter. Chattanooga is making a name for itself as an outdoor destination. What are your thoughts on this new reputation? How do we capitalize on that growth and use these great resources that we've been given, but also how do we manage the growth that comes with that and make sure that these wonderful, beautiful outdoor resources are being equitably used? Right, I agree. Chattanooga is probably one of the most beautiful cities in America, uh, from Hickson all the way to Tiptonia. We're a beautiful city full of mountains, rivers, valleys, rivers, valleys, uh, lakes all over the town. And when you look at that, and as a business owner, Chattanooga tourism and uh, tourism, one thing we want to do is as a business person and, and the tour tourists as customers, when, at, when you look at it from a business perspective, you always want to keep the customers happy, keep them satisfied, keep them coming back. So we want to keep the tourists happy, satisfied, and coming back, because we know that's a big tax. <laughs> they bring a lot of revenue into the city. So I think one thing we can invoke, especially uh, during the wintertime, I think it's, it kind of uh, tap tapers off a little bit. If we can invoke, because uh, as I mentioned, all the beautiness of, uh, of Chattanooga City City is that I think one thing we should try to engage in more festivals in the city that would bring in additional revenue to the city. It's always should be something going on in the city of Chattanooga, making people want to come back, come back. Because Chattanooga is, indeed is a beautiful place. And we got to not take advantage of, or just, um, this is what God has given us. Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we, we have to uh, just capitalize on it. Just bring the people back. Keep, keep our customers satisfied. Or keep the tourists happy. Right. I want to move on to a question about kind of government involvement. Chattanooga government still kind of has a reputation as, a, as an insider's club, you know, mm. the same kind of groups of people making decisions for the city. Uh, you know, this is a complaint that I hear a lot from my listeners. How will you make sure that all Chattanoogans are equitably represented and also feel like they can be involved and heard in the government process? I think uh, one way we can do it is, I think he, the board should reflect the demographics. Mm -hmm. The um, I think uh, the mayor Berg's done a great job of that put more uh, young folk, young people in the um, city government itself. I think the boards and all that. I think it should 
be chains where we have different people in and out. It shouldn't be the same people sitting on these boards all the time where we can bring in flux of um, uh, different mindset, set, different perspective when we do bring people in, new faces, new, new uh, ideas in, where we can bring more innovation to the city. That's the only way we can do it. The only way we can continue to be a progressive city is that we involve more younger people and involve uh, different, different, different faces with uh, different ideas too. That's one way we can do it. Great. My next few questions this is kind of a series of questions about development in the city. Uh, and actually, you know, boards have a big part of that, you know, part of the Chattanooga Regional Planning Agency uh, things of that nature. So development is a big issue that a lot of my listeners are interested in, and some of them are worried about it, uh, that we're overdeveloping, that we're not being stringent enough with our regulations on water quality, steep slopes, sensitive landscapes, traffic generation, things of that nature. Some are worried that the increase in regulation is actually kind of restricting the housing market and making it harder for affordable housing to be brought to market. The city council is particularly influential here because the city council is in charge of the zoning code and all of these different regulations. So what do you think the city council can do to guide and improve development in the city? One thing I think we should continue development that makes sense and development that doesn't make sense, we should re-examine that. But um, right now, uh, I think at this point, um, we should study the trends and how it would be impactful for the city and make the changes uh, when it's necessary, right. And then with regards to development, there's a particular important issue of, of gentrification. Chattanooga has seen an influx of out-of-state investors buying a property and raising rates. Uh, we're seeing short-term vacation rentals, you know, using up properties that could otherwise be used to, to rent out to families full-time. Um, much of the housing, much of the new housing being built is unaffordable for most Chattanoogans and demand for public housing and such section eight vouchers is exceeding supply in most cases. So what can, what do you think the city council can do to increase housing affordability and ensure that long-term Chattanooga residents can stay in the neighborhoods that they grew up in and not be pushed out? I think we should capitalize on uh, areas where we can where we see growth, the city, where we see the growth. And we should try to be affordable housing on lots that, that, that are there. We, we have the first hand on it. And maybe, maybe, maybe the challenge is up to the city to be um, on the cutting edge of uh, acquiring the lots or ensuring that locals acquire the lots mm -hmm. over other out of town folks who, who are getting these lot uh, site unseen and bringing up the price of the yes of the um, housing market but I think uh, if, if we did that we can ensure that those who need affordable housing can get affordable housing because we we have to jump on it so I, I think that that's another thing we we got to re-examine and uh, study and, and we got to act quickly on that because that because right now we have a shortage of housing and the prices of housing is steady accelerating. So definitely something we got studied and re-examined too, right? And lastly, with regards to development is transportation. Um, there's a lot of different ways to go on this. Some people in, in the city are of the opinion that as an outdoor oriented city, we should be putting more focus on building infrastructure for cycling and walking, 
things of that nature. Others think that the current efforts in that direction have been unsuccessful, uh, a waste of taxpayer money, and that we should spend more on expanding kind of vehicle throughput, making sure that we don't have a lot of traffic jams, things like that. Everyone seems to agree that our current public transit system is deficient, but people disagree on how much effort we should spend on improving it, whether it's a lost cause or whether you know more money would help in that, that regard. What is your plan to address transportation infrastructure and make sure that our city is well connected? I think one thing, I think that um, the cars should be free. Free. Uh, I think if, if you had free car services to all, then um, those who, who, who uh, don't have the proper transportation could, could get to work. That would steady, uh, bring, um, help out our economy. Mm -hmm. But I think we, we should think outside the box with that one. And we should, we should do both. Meaning that Chattanooga is a two-two city. Why not have a rail system that goes from Enterprise South all the way to like St. Elmo that reach downtown? That way, we would have cleaner air around here. You know, it'd be less cars on on the streets, and maybe we can park and ride. But but I agree with both. Uh, we could do a mix of both because I enjoy cycling. I enjoy walking too. So if if we could do if we could meet each other in the middle and try to do both. If we can invoke uh, the rail system and we could uh, continue all this greenway that, that's in the city, that's chatting, like I said earlier, it's a beautiful city. And we got to capitalize on that. Capitalize, that's what bringing people back to the city. That's going to continue to bring uh, revenue to the city. And it's going to continue to make Chattanooga the scenic city of the South. And People just love Chattanooga, and we, we, we have to change our mindsets and make uh, Chattanooga one of the, uh, if, we, if, we, if we can get the crime down, if we can uh, solve affordable housing, if we can um, take care of the homelessness and all that, then I think people will continue coming to the city, enjoy the city, love and appreciate Chattanooga as, as we love and appreciate Chattanooga, because it's, it's a great place to live, a great place to uh, visit too. And then one last question. I want to make sure that, you know, this, this podcast is supposed to be a chance for you to reach out to your voters, let them know what you're passionate about. So is there another issue that we haven't covered here that you want to make sure your voters understand that you're fighting for? I think one thing I want to bridge the gap. I want to bring everybody to the table. Everybody to the table because we have so many, we, we may be different, May come from different different socioeconomic backgrounds, but I think everybody has something to say that could be beneficial to the city of Chattanooga and, and our progression. If we can all come together at a table and put our ideas together, and one of the things I said about the festival, maybe maybe somebody could, could uh, create some have some ideas about some festival where we can bring in more people to the city of Chattanooga. But I want folks to know that. Isaiah Van Hester. He's tr trustworthy. He's a man of integrity. He's honest. And he's here. He's running not for self-interest, but I'm here for the interests of the, the good, the betterment of, of District 5, also the betterment of Chattanooga itself. Fantastic. Well, Isaiah Hester, again, where can voters find out more about you? Social media, website, things like that. Hester.com.
Very good. Thank well, you. thank you very Thanks, much for your time. Appreciate you. You have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.